All right, welcome to Call and Shots, Seth Partnow. Uh, let's get right to it. Uh, from the Light Years Pod uh, and doing a, doing some interesting uh, watch along stuff at, at uh, the playback uh, beta. I got Sam Svandiari here. Um, he's not happy. Sam, unmute yourself and tell us why you're not happy. First off, I'm I'm in an underratedly good mood right now. Okay, um, I I owe you an apology. So I got a new phone and I haven't. Um, yesterday, so I have to sign in. Let's just say I messed up my keychain, so that's why I was late. So <laughs> oh, it, it took me a minute there, um, but I just rewatched game two, so now I have new takes. I have new takes on the Warriors Grizz, and I'm excited to be here with you, my friend. <laughs> well, so we were watching. We I was uh, I was hopping on your playback and watching it live, and. It was weird because we were kind of talking along and just the game was bobbing along. And in the moment, it's like, yeah, the Warriors kind of got this. Like, they'll just hit a sh- couple shots here and then uh, then they'll push them over the top. And that never really happened. And then Jaw went nuclear on them in the fourth and we're 1-1 now. What did it look like upon rewatch? So I think on the, on the macro level, you're correct. They just, look, they held Memphis to 106. I think all things considered, they need to hit more shots. Like, they got relatively, like, forget the last three, four minutes. If Clay Thompson or Steph Curry shoot at their normal clip on some of the looks they got, they probably win that game. So, uh, on the most basic level, it's that. But watching some of the closing possessions, watching the way they basically just, they gave Jaw runway. Like, they, they didn't make it hard on him. That's for sure. That was the part that was frustrating for me because, you know, in in general, like, the math's going to play out in their favor on the jump shooting and just the general offensive skill. But, like, some of the defensive stuff down the stretch, like, they could have done better. I, I think so. I did. Um, it's interesting. Um, we kind of saw uh, a team get picked on even worse last night in in uh, in, in Dallas. Yeah, that was, a, that was a more dramatic extreme. But yeah, yeah. but I gotta say that um, it, there was a there was a fair amount of sameness to how Jaw was getting his buckets in in the fourth quarter last night. It's you know w- yeah. one pick drive drive hard left, either shoot a floater, get all the way to the rim, or occasionally spin back. And just rinse, repeat. Just, I think the part that frustrated me the most was when Wiggins was guarding Jaw. Wiggins is a just a much higher caliber defender than Jordan Poole or uh, or Steph Curry, really. And I'm sitting here and I'm watching him play the same kind of prevent defense. When in my mind, having watched, uh, you know. The Warriors win a few titles with, with albeit a mostly different group, same <laughs> core players. Uh, it's just, it's just not, like, not even a head fake towards a humble brag, just straight up brag. I, but I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying it. You know, it's like I, Andre Iguodala would have blitzed him. He would have given Josh something to think about instead of just like we're playing a drop coverage. I'm going to guide him to help and make the contest hard. You know what I'm saying? That that's the part where I'm just sitting here. I'm going, come on, man. Like I get, I get the coverage. I, it's conceptually the exact correct way you should guard Jaw. Um, he was met with, you know, Andre or sorry, he was met with uh, Andrew Wiggins and Draymond contesting. You know, two long athletes who are capable of contesting at the rim. But I'm sitting here. I'm going, he's getting ahead of steam. Do something different. You, I know. Steve Kerr is not like rigidly telling you you can't have the ability to freelance when you're on one-on-one coverage there. Like, do something different. Like, I get Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole, it's like, uh, just like, don't get spun around, and even then, he still got spun around, you know. But like, someone like Andrew Wiggins, I have I have higher expectations for defensively. Sure. We, Before we get to, I, I got I got more questions, but uh, but frequent listener Ali is been patiently waiting to to ask a question so let's bring him up and uh and and see what see what his thoughts are yes yeah, go so hey sam hey seth how you doing um 
kind of my questions I, I listened to Nerder today. I think everyone is really overreacting to what happened like yesterday. Uh, Jordan Poole, Steph, and uh, Clay combined for three threes yesterday. They shot like 70%. That's not going to happen in the like uh, later games, in my opinion. I, I think that's I think that's fair, but it's 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 sort of there's a little bit of both. Um, first of all, like also like Desmond Desmond Bain is is possibly going to not have a broken not have a sore back in future games. He looked yeah. I was gonna, I was going to say for as as well as Jaron Jackson shot, I feel like uh, Memphis would trade that for a healthy Desmond Bain right yeah, now. Just just the just the like the sort of the movements. The ability to to create some defensive discombobulation with, you know, he he's one of those players who because he not only can shoot but can move and shoot, he creates defensive movement off the ball, and but he couldn't move, so he couldn't do that. Um, yeah, but like, yeah, but like they'll get that. Um, I was gonna say maybe Jaron won't foul out, but I mean, come on, we've, <laughs> that's it's a fifty it's that's, a fifty fifty proposition. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that, that's a given. By the way, before like I just I, I I you know you're you're a Warriors guy and I have to. I saw a lot of like Warriors people yesterday. Like, oh, I could never root for that guy when like uh, Chris Paul drew a pretty dubious offensive foul on Jalen Brunson. Can we talk about that the the nonsense of of how Draymond drew the sixth foul on uh, on Jaron? Like that's that is legit. That is li- literally a high school play. The take a charge while setting a screen, and then waving <laughs> it like that was that's the garbage. Yeah, I, I I don't know. Okay, I don't know that Warrior fans have an issue with Chris Paul doing that as much as some of like the the other shenanigans that Chris Paul does. I'll put it that way. But yeah. in general, I agree with you. Like I I don't know. This series has been. I'm just, I'm just, I, I do we have, we're, we're not going to discuss the, the false equivalence of Draymond and Dylan Brooks's ejections, right? Uh, I mean, they were both flagrant twos. Like, that's the equivalent. Like, they're both, like, and one of them was yeah. suspension worthy. One of them was, one of them was a flagrant two, and we keep it moving. The other one's a suspension. I mean, I think, I don't, like, I, I, I feel like, you know, the, the way they were adjudicated was basically correct. Um, you know, maybe I mean, may, I mean, unless you're you're advocating for a longer suspension, but like, no, I that, mean, I mean, what? First off, I was expecting one game just because, like, it's a, it's pretty similar to the play that Grace Allen had, and he. I thought I, game, frankly, so I thought it was, like, I thought it was a worse play, to be honest. But yeah, but just the like prob- the the from the the push from behind on a moving player is just so inherently oh. dangerous. Grayson was what more from the side, basically. Yeah, more from, more from the side, and and you know, and it actually made a like you know made a play on the ball and then followed through. Whereas like Brooks was just desperately trying to give a foul, and that's yeah. and that's you know, but no, anyway, we don't have I think to. We're in, I think we're in for a spicy game through. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah. So. Um. So my basic thought on the on the series, and people have disagreed with this a lot because you know people have noted that okay, well, part of playing well is not turning the ball over and stuff like that. So I felt like the team that has played largely better has lost both games. I thought that uh, the- I, I would not disagree with you because if I watched first off, I don't. I think Draymond. Well, I, we're going to let it go, but if. In general, I think the Warriors should have won game two. And I also kind of feel like they stole game one, like Memphis should have won game one. So anyway, you want to slice it. I'm, I'm walking out of here going like, I was, the Warriors, my perspective is they should be up 2-0 because they stole game one and they gave away game two. But I could see how a Memphis fan would see it the, the exact opposite way. We gave away game one. But we stole game two. Anyway, you want to slice it? The worst team, the team that played worse, won uh, each game. Yeah, it's it's if this was if this was soccer, it's like over the two legs, a, a fair result is is basically right, exactly. Where but uh, exactly. um, how much are they going to miss Gary Payton the rest of the series? I feel like you that's know, a that's a I feel like that's a pretty big absence. This I think series huge- and going forward. I think it's a huge absence because I was I was um, talking about with Andy. Uh, we recorded 
um, this morning, and then you know, then you got kind of underweather. Um, what I was going to say is, uh, we were running through kind of their um, their guys who play no matter what series you're in. So like you're in the finals, and you've cut the rotation down, like seriously cut the rotation down, not like Steve Kerr. I'm going to just give people minutes rotation down. <laughs> um, he's in the he's in the seven man of like it doesn't matter what game it is. He's getting he's getting run, and he's their best point of attack. He's their best. He might be their best overall perimeter defender, but he's definitely their best point of attack defender. So it's a huge loss for them. Um, if Desmond Bain's going to be limited, they can probably overcome it without sweating too much against Memphis. But, like, I mean, go watch the games against the Suns. The only time the Suns worked the Warriors was the game where Gary Payton did not play. And, in fact... The way Gary Payton got into the rotation was the next Suns game. They gave him kind of a longer leash. He played exceptionally well on Chris Paul. And pretty much from that opportunity on, it was like, maybe we underestimated this guy. Maybe he, you know, maybe we, maybe we overthought his shooting deficiencies. He needs to be in the rotation. That Suns game in December was literally the game that kind of sealed um, Gary Payton going from a guy without a guaranteed contract to actually he's a key rotation cog. Yeah. Um, in- interestingly, that was also the, the first game was also like, am, am I, is, no, the, was that the first game was the first game that the Anthony Melton game? I'm talking about the, I'm talking about, about the, um, the Suns, not the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, but there's like for the Suns, like like there was uh, one of the games against the Warriors this year felt like D'Anthony Melton was just like, oh wait, now I'm now I'm getting, man, the playoffs have been going, the playoffs have been going too long. Just just to be clear, the first Warriors Grizzlies game was the D'Anthony Melton game. Yeah, but um, that's completely different. Yeah, we've wow. Now, we've now mashed up the three teams. Sorry, yeah, Alex, I, you're no longer relevant. Yeah, wow. That's that's a good, good job, <laughs> me. I'm leaving it in. I'm not going to edit that out later. I'm leaving it in. That's we just. That, that's a sign of how much basketball we've watched in 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 the last however long. Um, wow. Now I'm, I'm completely discombobulated. Um, so I came into the series thinking it was going to be a fairly comfortable Golden State win in part because I thought that Steph looked spry and Draymond looked spry against Denver. Um, perhaps I undervalued or underrated the against Denver part because they look less so this series. Draymond has been not awesome. and, and, and... No, he's not. It's, it's actually weird because I'm used to him being able to quote unquote turn it up in the playoffs. And I do think he's turned up the effort level, but maybe the ceiling isn't what it used to be right now. Um, at least against a team like Memphis, who's um, they're just more athletic than the worst. <laughs> no, I don't think that's a hot take. No, I think, I mean, I think, yes, that's, that is fair to say. Um, yeah. So what? I mean, so you're you're still feeling reasonably confident, or are you uh, like level of worry? Level of worry, start of the series to now. I feel I feel confident in this series. Like I look, I picked Warriors in six. I think you picked in five. So I kind of figured they were gonna mess around a little bit, and mess around makes it seem like. They they have a say in it, but like, just late game execution's not been a great thing with this team. And on some level, I, I can't get mad at a team who's just constantly have lineup. Like again, the the pool clay Steph lineup played zero minutes in the regular season. You know what I mean? Like there's there's a level of just building in the natural like work the kinks out thing that I thought was going to happen there. I feel pretty comfortable that we're still on trajectory for that. I think Memphis is going to probably at least win one more. Um, and nothing's changed, but the, the GP thing has me a little worried long-term. Yeah. Is, so I, I think part of the, uh, 
a worry about that lineup not playing in the regular season is, um, and this has maybe been a worry through two games of the series, is especially where Clay's at defensively. I'm not sure how tenable that lineup is defensively. Like maybe if you're playing a, 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 you know, a relatively offensively limited team, like say against Miami or something, maybe, maybe you get away with that. But I feel like a team that has some guys with some zip, like, I don't know. Does it like? Does, I, I it, does it work? And and I'm not saying it doesn't. I'm just saying like because you didn't, you weren't able to get in the lab with it. You don't. You don't have a. You're kind of finding out in real time. I mean, it's a it's a tricky lineup uh, for it to work. I feel like Clay has to be better defensively, and I don't know if that's physically possible. Like, y- y- you know what I mean? Like, I think the lineup works a lot easier with pre-two devastating injuries, Clay's. But, um, but we're here now, right? Like, it, right. it is what it, it is what it is. You know? Yeah. Um, lineup-wise, where do you think they where do you think they go now? I mean, with with Peyton out, does Pool start? Do they go back to Looney? Um, how like. My so so my we we talked about this on Nerd today. My thought was even if you want to get to the pool like the three the three shooters lineup, I don't think you want to start that way because I think that that's a a good recipe to get a bunch of fouls on your guys. And um, you know you may you can get there and maybe you bank some minutes so you have some cushion with Looney. Um, but I feel like starting there is asking for trouble. You're muted, Sam. <laughs> there we go. I was going to say, here's here's my take. If you start there, it's politics. Um, I think Steve Kerr agrees with you, and I'm actually not sure I disagree with either of you. Um, if I'm to take all the interpersonal relationships out of it and just about pure basketball, it makes sense to have one of those guys come off the bench, whether it's Poole, whether it's Clay. Uh, it, it doesn't really matter. Like it makes sense to stagger them and have a more balanced starting lineup, one that brings defense into the mix. I would say Otto Porter, but I'm not sure Otto can play the minutes. So then we're going down to Looney. So they're talking about Steph, uh, Claire Poole, Wiggins, Looney, and Draymond. I think that's the, the more prudent move. Um, but I'm curious to see how they go because there there is a political element to it. Like there is, and so the and the politics would favor pool. Like I, I I don't I don't see a universe in which they don't start Clay. Like yeah, yeah. So, so I, that's that's, yeah. that's the thing. Um, you could make a coherent case that Clay, in his off of thirty months of not playing with certain limitations, would actually benefit from the quote-unquote Manu Ginobili role, uh, role, even though he's a completely different player, but where less minutes means less chance for his legs to get worn down and potentially can do a few more things for you defensively, right? I, I mean, you could you could make that case that it would be smart, but they're not going to do it, you know? Yeah, like, I, so there's no point to discuss it. Yeah, and also I think there's a, there's probably, a, like, you, you probably have to do some planning with that because the routine is different. Like, right. the, 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 you know, if you, you know... You, well, doesn't, you, doesn't his game kind of translate to coming off the bench and just doing that, though? I, he does. Yeah, but it's, it's, more, it's more, more to the physical thing. Because, like, if you're, you know, if for a guy who's doing, done a bunch of rehab, I would imagine that there's a lot of, like, activation and stuff like that that goes into getting him ready for the game. And if the game is, okay, the game is starting at 7.07, you can kind of work backwards from there. It's like, he's coming in at the six-minute mark, and that'll be sometime between 7.25 and 7.40. I see what you're saying. Yeah, and so so, I think that that if you were going to put him in that role, I think you probably have to come up with a routine to make that work from a physical standpoint. Um, but I do agree that if you want to, if you want to, and this is something that I was always, I was kind of advocating for, uh, for Dwayne Wade late in his career is actually, hey, if you want to get to the guy to twenty eight minutes, but close with him, the rotation just is cleaner if you don't if he doesn't if he comes off the bench. Um, but to actually a get the guy to accept it and b like 
make it make it physically doable um or or make it physically optimal or or not i don't think are things that you can just sort of snap your fingers right right yeah and so either way they're they're not going there there so there's no point to discuss like you know fantasy <laughs> scenarios so, uh, but i'm i'm curious that that, that it seems are are you implying that there's like a political constituency for pool or is it mostly is it mostly for because I mean, I think that I mean, I think the choice is, is between pool or someone else, whether that's whether that's Porter or Looney, or yeah, maybe totally. maybe do we do we dust off Bielitsa or something like that? Uh, that would be that would be the most cur, um, curveball, like Moses Moody starts out of nowhere. You know, <laughs> like by the way, he, if it was that a regular almost. season game, he might go to like Moses Moody or Damian Lee. Just to I mean. I mean, I think you're. I mean, I, I feel like you're close to to what might actually be the best answer. Like, I mean, maybe it's maybe it's Kuminga. Yeah, I, I'm curious if he's willing to go Kuminga. I think. I, I don't disagree with you. Actually, I do think Kuminga needs to eat up a fair amount of GP2's minutes because he's the only. Other than Andrew Wiggins, he's the only kind of uh, athlete you have who's proven he can stay in front of John Morant without fouling or without getting blown by. So, uh, but I, <laughs> right? It's, I know. Uh, it goes against what we know about Steve Kerr to think he would. I, I mean, that's a it's a very ballsy move. Now, granted, at home. In I mean, he's been, your home fans. He's been, he he's he's been starting Gary Payton, so it's not like you know, I, which is not that's not the chalk move for 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 this team anyway. So like, I think true, but GP has been GP had been um, he'd stapled himself yeah. as a favorite in the rotation for a while in a way that Kuminga has, yeah, and so you, he, you understand why, yeah, yeah. He, he, he GP is a little more bona fide at this point than. Ten, there's more, a ten-year age difference between the two, <laughs> <laughs> and veteranosity matters in the playoffs. We know this. Aside from yeah. aside from you know, object of my scorn, Zaire Williams having a pretty huge role in game two. Um, and I think that's part of it. I think the Warriors would probably bank on Zaire Williams not replicating that yeah. on the road in the playoffs. I think it's a yeah. fair. I think it's fair to assume he won't go four for eight from three. Yeah, I mean, I think they would be if he's on the floor enough to to do that. I think they would be they would be happy. Although, I mean, given how ineffective Kyle Anderson has been, and he's a guy who's in the past done some things against the Warriors. Yeah, um, it's a really it's an odd series. Um, I, you know, I, I think we do like. We, I, I want to get back to Steph though, because okay. um, physically, where does he seem like he's at to you? Like again, I thought sort of especially last little, the the latter half of the Denver series, it looked like he was he had kind of the side to side shiftiness back a little bit. And yeah, I don't. I, uh, do you think he didn't look like he had it? Because to me, here, let me read you, let me walk you through what I was seeing. Okay. I think he's doing that thing where he's playing with lineups he doesn't trust and he gets timid because so much of what Steph likes to do is kind of intuitive read and react. You know, I'm going to pass it to you. I'm going to cut in a unorthodox way that catches the defense off guard and I'm going to trust you're going to find me when I get back there. And... I mean, it's pretty successful for him, but it only works if you're playing with players you trust. I'm watching him, like, double pump and hesitate situations, and to me, I don't think that's an athleticism thing. I think that's a him over, like, overthinking, like, do I trust that this player will make the play I think they should make in this moment? And that's why he keeps going to two-man actions with Draymond, who he trusts because... I don't know, they've played bazillion and a half minutes together, but it also becomes wildly predictable because everyone knows Draymond doesn't want to shoot the ball and Memphis could actually overplay the turnovers. And it was funny because you mentioned that because he, he like he faked Draymond into a turnover. Where yeah. he like a play where he, you know, ninety five percent of the time he goes back door and instead he, he 
he took a hard step that way, and Draymond anticipated through the yeah. It, I mean, again, maybe maybe as Ali asked, maybe I'm, we're, maybe I'm overreacting to some some not just bad shooting, but some really bad misses from like they made three three pointers, and one of them was you know my favorite the. Uh, the, the the bank shot, um, but they I mean counting that as an air ball, I think between Clay and Steph they shot four air balls from three. Yeah, and it's um, I, I don't know if they felt overly rushed. Well, um, a couple of them were open too. Was. Like Clay shot one shot an air ball on just a wide open three at one point. Yeah, and that's like I I don't know I don't know what to say. Like I'm not going to be concerned about Stephen Clay's ability to shoot the ball. <laughs> you know, like that's a, that's not high on my list. I mean, if 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 that is a problem, then then that then everything like then nothing then nothing else yeah. we're discussing really matters. Yeah, so, you're right. Um, but but like part of me feels like um, I don't know, like against Denver, and like granted, it's a different matchup. There's a lot more confidence against Denver, but like Steph would consistently get a switch and just take his man in, in a way that is kind of how we all want to see it. It's like you have an advantageous matchup, just take them. You know, you're the best player on the team. Uh, you're one of the best players of all time. Uh, if you have that matchup, like no one's going to get mad at you for going one-on-one. And against Memphis, he was, at least in game two, he was overthinking half of those. And it wasn't against, I understand Jaron, because um, he's, he's an excellent defender. He's incredibly long uh, and he's had some success. It was against guys who, I don't know, like Brandon Clark, uh, who, who am I forgetting, who they were throwing in there at the end, Zaire Williams, like someone, it, it wasn't, you know, like it wasn't necessarily like um, players I think would be in Steph's head. Yeah. They did get they did get some good stuff when they ran, but they only did it a couple times. They ran, they actioned it with whoever Ja and Zaire Williams were guarding. They just put those two players in action and so like, we think you guys are going to screw this up somehow, and they got good looks, which I don't, I'm not sure they actually converted, but they 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 got some good stuff out of that. But yeah, um, defensively, like like the offense, like the offense is sort of of you know, I've I, as I've been fond of saying this this postseason, like their their biggest adjustment offensively is just to play better, like make more shots. Um. I mean, I'd say stop throwing the ball around, but they—that's that—that's at this point we have to say consider that's who they are. But like you say, like Steph, just get back to being a little more decisive and aggressive, and that, and then presumably it takes care of, of itself. Defensively, how do you feel overall? Like obviously, whatever they they were, the either the execution or the the strategy or both um, against Jaw was um, not good. That's well, right. <laughs> but 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 overall, how do you feel about their their defense so far this series? Better than I expect. Um, if you let, let me put it this way, if I told you you're going to lose GP two in the first two minutes of the game, and they hold Memphis to one hundred six, thirty nine percent from the field, would you not feel like, eh, that's overperforming? What I would expect, right? They also out-rebounded Memphis, something I did not think they would do coming into the series. Um, I do think it's it's worrisome in the big picture, but like I, I just can't get mad at what they've done as a unit um, in the short term. Hmm. So I'm gonna. Do you, do, I'm you, gonna... Do, do, you, do you disagree with me on that? Like. It, no, it's just it's it's funny that that like we're talking about considering that start of the year they were one of the best defensive teams I've ever seen. And that wasn't like this that was like prior Yeah, but they were to, playing they were, they were playing different lineups. So I guess I guess yeah. the, the But that was pri- that was prior to Pey- that was really prior to Peyton even being in the rotation though. So like, should they the, should they go back to Looney then? Because he I mean, was he, he's look, he is like literally the most boring player in the NBA. But he was a you know, he did his job. It allowed Draymond to play more of a free safety role and Wiggins to be kind of more of a, you know, I'm going to glue you to the best perimeter guy and just kind of go from there. Um, it does, when they go with that lineup, it does lead their offense to have issues. 
you know? Although, but, that's kinda... but on the flip side of that is, like, Steph is very comfortable playing off of Looney. That's true. They do have uh, they do have synergy. He does love Looney screens. Yeah, it's. I, don't I mean, know. I, I do. I do think you're saying what I don't want to. What no Warrior fan wants to hear, which is like, maybe you just need to go back to Looney and live with the fact that the what it limits your offense. It, it's worth the trade off. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's that. that that might be it. I mean, this is, you know, I think that, that we can overcomplicate things in the playoffs uh, at times. And, and sometimes the answer is put your five best guys on the floor. And is Looney one of their five best guys? If you, if you, if you're, if we posit that you don't want to play 30 minutes with clay pool and Steph on the floor together, then you sort of say yes, don't you? I mean, I don't know. So I actually so, think I actually think their best option is is Otto Porter, um, who does like ninety five percent of what Looney does, uh, but he has a shot that teams respect on some level, even though he's not hitting it at all right now. I, at some point, he's going to start hitting shots again. <laughs> um, but you you also run into an issue like neither Looney or Otto uh, have the durability to go big minutes. Yeah. So I think it made them they they might be missing like Looney's also a good screener, and yeah, especially with with you know Draymond is kind of you know peeling out of screens and and not being as effective as he's been at other times on the short roll. Maybe they maybe just getting someone who's going to set a good solid pick, get Steph in in space with with an advantage, or or pool or or clay. I mean that that might that might have some benefits as well. Yeah, it's possible. I mean, it, this is kind of the this is the tale of the 2022 Warriors, where um, they have a lot of good players and a lot of weird lineup choices. Like it's not straightforward. Like we, let me, let me peel this back. We know exactly who the Phoenix Suns want to go to when it matters. Their five man lineup is very, very set, right? Even the Milwaukee Bucks, even without Middleton, we know exactly where they want to go in most of these scenarios. And the Warriors, we are in the first week of May and we're still not sure what that answer is. That doesn't seem ideal. No, it doesn't. <laughs> I mean, it, it works. Well, I don't know if it works. It, it, it's the reason that they perhaps struggle in crunch time, right? Like they don't know who their identity is in those moments. And I, strangely enough, I thought crunch time was going to be a big advantage for them in, in, in this series, given how processed less the, the Grizzlies had were, the entire Minnesota series in kind of late close situations. And they, you know, they weren't really doing anything especially fancy in game two. It's just like golden state decided to let job beat them the same way seven times in a row. Yeah. And and I think, I think this is why I focus on the offense because I'm not sure I have an issue with that. Like, I'm not sure if Jaw's going to beat you going, you know, pure hero ball every game. Like, your roster's probably not good enough if you can get that done, right? Like, if you can't, if you can't, if you can't make that a little tougher on him, that's kind of on you. But you kind of held them to 39%. They weren't shooting the ball particularly well outside of Jaw at all. Like, you should be able to put up more points on the board. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna switch you know completely. Um, Let's do it. Be, because um, we've talked about this all year, the potential Suns matchup, and I want to take your temperature on that. Even like I know, I, maybe you don't want to engage with that because I'm basically asking you to look past the current opponents. But I, you know. 
I think you, sure. you, you mentioned you mentioned earlier you've seen you you know what championship shit looks like, and um, the Suns last night that was championship shit that they that they they put on the floor. So I just you know I want to take your temperature on that. Just like yeah. all season, like all season, I've been saying I think the Suns take the series, and you've been saying Nah, the Warriors got this. And well, you know, obviously the Peyton injury changes things, but still, just where the two teams are. So so I mean I'm. It's a cop out, but I felt really good about the Warriors matchup with the Suns, but with with Gary Payton in the rotation because he just go rewatch the games. He made life hell for them. Um, they owned that matchup for majority of the series when GP played, and that's with everything the Warriors were going through. Now I'm now I don't know. Now I don't feel particularly confident um, because so much of so much of their ability to guard DeAndre Ayton had to do with the fact that GP2 needed zero help. You know what I mean? So it allowed them to um, – Draymond didn't have to have his eye on Chris Paul or Devin Booker as much because he knew um, – GP two could hang in that scenario, and he could he could concentrate on what he was doing down low. Now I'm like, now I see a scenario where you know uh, Chris Paul has Jordan Poole in a pick and roll, and Draymond's kind of <laughs> we're begging Draymond to go peak 2016 and guard four guys at once type of thing. So I think that's part of it. Um... We, we, we touched on sort of the politics of the situation. Um, Clay Thompson would be a concern for me in that series, given how um, demonstrably Phoenix will just like that guy. And that's, the, that, that's basically the, and their offense flows from the guy they want to go at and where Clay is at right now defensively. And the fact that like, He's going to be on the floor. That that's that is that is almost a bigger concern to me than the absence of Peyton, because it's it's uh, you know Dallas yeah. has, Dallas has some pretty good perimeter defenders that they're just kind of bypassing and choosing who they and and you know maybe maybe the Warriors can, are are going to uh, are able to be more solid than Dallas in terms of keeping the matchups they want longer but like clay is going to be in actions yeah i'm i'm wondering though because neither neither devin booker or chris paul or it's not an athleticism based matchup against clay thompson like at this point my my concern with clay is when he gets on an island against a younger player uh, those two those two leg injuries show a lot more you know like jaw I mean, John's the perfect player to expose that, right? Makes him look like an old man. Exactly. Um, not, not that I'm saying Chris Paul and Dumbledore. We've all been there. <laughs> I mean, we, we, yeah, we have. I'm not, I'm not saying they... Back, back at, the, at the end of my pickup, Chris, what am I doing playing out here with these damn kids that just run circles around me? Bro, when you, when you start feeling old, it's the worst feeling on earth. That's, that's all I know. It's just like, this, this didn't used to hurt. What, what is going on with my knee? You know, what is going on with my lower back? I didn't, you know, this is what, uh, anyway. Uh, yeah, I, I'm going through that in my own way right now. Um, <laughs> what I was going to say is um, I do wonder if the Warriors' ability to – I guess I just wonder because the Suns are much more uh, methodical than like explosive. Is that better or worse for Clay? (sighs) Because it's it's, it's, I think it's It's just completely. I think it's just completely different. Exactly. And yeah. I mean, but I I feel like both of them do implicate his ability to execute. I mean, Chris Paul's quickness, it, like, objectively, that little, like, you know, in and out, 
go to my 15 footer, which apparently he shoots at 92% right now. <laughs> um, like, yeah, Clay's not going to recover on that any quicker than Herb Jones did. And, and Herb Jones couldn't do anything to it. So, like, yes, that does concern me in that regard. Yeah, but, you know, it's, it's probably, um, I think it, it's probably you wouldn't be able to get an answer on that from anyone on the Warriors right now because it's like um, there's, there, there's, there's, you know, in front of them. Um, so what, well, is what it, you, isn't, the, isn't the answer in that sort of situation like press and, and kind of blitzkrieg ball harder, right? Isn't that kind of like, I mean, I mean, Jose Alvarado, look, he had success against it mostly because he, he did shit. You know, like he, yeah. he took the chance he was going to get a foul, and that's kind of, by the way, why I was like, why I thought why GP two is a good option there because he's a better defender than Jose Alvarado, right? But anyway, and uh, no, and and but the the Warriors don't don't really like at least for the guys who are playing, like unless you're going to like start to go with like you know JTA or something like that, they don't have a lot of guys who can would I think would be able to execute like a trap and recover. Especially well, just from a speed standpoint, and the the Kuminga, <laughs> Kuminga, yeah, perhaps. I mean, he he can from a a speed of movement um, as a as a rookie. Does it, the speed of of thought is is maybe a bigger question? Yeah, I don't um, love the idea of putting a teenager <laughs> on Chris Paul. <laughs> well, and, and 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 also, I mean, this is the this is um, the the confidence and skill level of the rest of the Suns perimeter guys is also like, like, you know, is even like Jay Crowder is making like plays off the dribble, like not, you know, with a defender in front of him, but like when he catches the ball in an advantage situation, like they all just, they all are so well drilled in going quickly and knowing where the next play is going to be. Next pass is going to be, or if the shot's there. And so that, like, you, when, you, when you talk about them being methodical, like, okay, well, the help is coming from this area, so I'm going to drive there, and then I'll throw, I'll throw the ball to Biombo for a dunk. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I Basically, I'm trying to get you to admit that the Suns are goddamn good. <laughs> and and you've, you've been fighting me on it all year. But, no, I'm... Uh... <laughs> I, I've, I've, drawn, I've drawn my line. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to... I'm going to lean into my line. You know, Milwaukee's going to raise a second banner. We'll go with that. Okay. We'll call third. We'll call you – know, it's like third party. I can't, I can't admit defeat. We're going to go with the third party champion. Okay. That's – I mean, you know, they, they, they've got their hands full right now too. So, yeah. yeah. dude, that's a – that series is I – don't, I don't know what to – I don't know what to think on that series. I truly, I think it's a toss-up, even without Middleton. Where are you at? I, I know Milwaukee can't score in the half court, but neither it's, can Boston. <laughs> I no, I think I think Boston can sometimes, and Boston has they do have like Tatum and Brown do have a little bit of the the same sort of occasional looseness with the ball that, that, and, and we saw that jump up and bite them pretty hard in game one. So if in games where that's under control, I think that they have, they can do just enough in the half court. And the, the, the knock on effect of that is um, because Milwaukee isn't going to be able to score in the half court, any mistakes Boston makes offensively are sort of, are, are almost worth double. The old uh, steal is worth nine points thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, prorated for the the, the prorated for the uh, the amount of scoring the series. You know, the series is going to be played in the eighties, perhaps by the end of it. <laughs> like, yeah, it's it's you know, it, it might be worth close to that in in you know one hundred twenty point environment. Um, yeah. No, I. So that's that's sort of where I'm. I'm. Like I think, can can Milwaukee win? Yes, I th- I think advantage Boston because it seems like they have more margin for error in terms of like they can 
they can they can survive like missing shots like in, in cold periods that way. They can't necessarily survive like sloppiness and 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 profligate turnovers. Neither team can because like like if either team gets gets out in transition a lot, like obviously since neither both teams are going to struggle in the half court, like that's a huge advantage, even more than it would normally be because the difference between transition and half court is going to be so big. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but I don't know how much of that is just me being like wedded to my. I think Boston is going to the finals prior from, from uh, you know, you know, three months ago. Like I, like I've, you know, basically since February or so, I've been, I've been saying I thought Phoenix and Boston were playing in the in the uh, in the finals. And what's your case for um, what's your case for Boston over Miami? I mean, I don't know. I aside from the fact Miami can't seem to keep their team healthy for two games in a row. Well, there's that, and like, I don't know. Do we know Miami? Do we know Miami's good against good teams? They haven't played any yet. They haven't. I mean, them and the Warriors are very similar in the sense of they literally we, we haven't seen any of their main lineups play against anyone who matters ever. Yeah. Like I don't know, like I don't like conceptually. My, like if if like if Milwaukee with Giannis is struggling to score in the half court, how the hell is Miami gonna score in the half court on Boston? Call Cal Lowry throwback. Yeah, I mean, you know, okay, yes, they're gonna, they're gonna run through, run stuff through Tyler Hero, and he's gonna he's going to to create advantages against Boston's perimeter guys. Really. Happened uh, in the bubble. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, a lot of things. Anthony Davis made jump shots in the bubble, too. So, you know. It was a magic kingdom, if you will. Um, no, you, don't, you won't. It's okay. It's terrible. I'm, I'm ashamed. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm not ready to. First off, I'm not going to Disney World this year. I'll leave it there. Anyway, <laughs> I, I just, yeah. Um, anything else you think we need to get to about this, or you're just like I, I like given how given how salty you were at the end of the game last night, I'm actually very surprised how sort of sanguine you are. That's that's how it goes. I, I mean, I, I don't know what else to tell you. I um, in the <laughs> yeah. moment I get salty, and then I and then I reach Zen, and then I'm ready to move on. I, yeah. I think that's how it goes. I think that's that's life. I, I can't carry that weight with me. It's, you know, some, some sort of bullshit Phil Jackson Buddha, Buddhism stuff, yeah. you know? No, what it is is you had to, you were on kid duty, and so you're just like, I, I, I'm too, I'm, I don't have, the, I don't have the, the emotional energy for, for this team after that. <laughs> yeah. Also, I will say this, and I, I obviously I'm a big advocate for playback and the um, – the whole like streaming and watching with the community thing. And it's a lot of fun. It's emotionally draining too. It's like, you know, I, I feel like I've, I feel like I watched the game with a bunch of people and I just like, I let a lot out in the moment. Now I'm uh now I've, now I've recharged my batteries and I'm ready for, for game three. All right. Are you, uh, I think that's a good place to end. Like, are you, are you doing a, a playback for, for game three and, uh, Tell the people how they can how they can get to it and what and most importantly like kind of what what they need to be able to actually join in the stream. So I'm not 100 percent positive I'm doing it for game three, but let's okay. say I'm doing one. If you do want to join, since we are still in a public beta mode, which like there's no way around it, we're still working through all our kinks. Um, I'll I'll, um, I'll share the link socially. I'm sure Seth will guide you to it if you ask. Um, you will have to create a login and then authenticate your account. That's how we're able to do it um, legally. Uh, everyone who signs into there has to prove that they subscribe to ESPN, um, in this case, ABC, so very low bar. You know, literally anything you subscribe to gets ABC. And then from there, all our streams are synced and we're able to watch the game together. It's a lot of fun. You come on stage. You can... Um, you can torment me in the mentions, uh, you know, whatever you want to do. <laughs> it's it, it's uh, something I, for those who've been listening, uh, 
um, all, all year. This is uh, uh, basically the idea that uh, that Ben Thompson and I were kicking around when we were talking about like the the ways in which the NBA is not utilizing social well and having you know having messed around on on playback a little bit and joined Sam the other night. Like I think it's a uh, like it's a, just a very smart way of of doing like a, a more of a community thing, um, which, you know, watching sports is, you know, for as much as I like to be in a dark room with nobody around me, um, you know, at for, from an enjoyment standpoint, it's, it's best with people. And, and that's a, uh, it, it, it's closer than, than I've seen most other places in terms of, of bringing that watching games with buddies thing feeling. Yeah, look, and and end of the day, like the part of sports that's the most fun is being able to engage with with your friends, and you know you could engage on a hypercritical, like analytical level. You can engage on an emotional level. I don't care. Everyone enjoys things different ways. The point is being able to share that experience and have fun with with people and. I really do believe we're going to get there with playback and get where we need to get with it. Um, but yeah, uh, it is a lot of fun. I'll put it that way. Well, cool. Well, thank you for, uh, thank you for coming on, uh, you know, later on this evening. Um, and, um, you know, good, good luck to you in your, in, 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 uh, your, your emotional labors with the rest of this, of this series. And, um, maybe if it ends up being, uh, uh, Suns Warriors in, in the conference finals. We'll have to we'll 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 do a uh, a temperature check a couple of games into that series just to see how everything's holding up. Oh, uh, you just so you know, you know if things play in my favor, you're the first person I'm going to contact. Oh. Just to <laughs> and and I know it's going to go vice versa. So yeah. it's it's amazing how how many people that there are that. Uh, that I can just expect when certain things happen, they're going to be like, Oh, I don't know. It's like, yeah. So, <laughs> so, so it's, it's, uh, I have a way of bringing that out of people, which I, you know, is probably a good thing, but who knows? Anyway, uh, Sam, thanks for joining. Um, uh, folks who are listening, I'm, I am, uh, I am off next week because I am going to be out of the country, but I've recorded a couple of episodes. One, uh, the 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 single most self indulgent podcast I've ever done. Um, a friend of mine uh, wanted to grill me about about my book, so we recorded that, and then I did a uh, sort of a Hawks off season, um, you know, recap with, uh, with Brad Rowland, and so those will be I will post those sometime next week, um, and so they'll be on on the app and on the the iTunes and, and Spotify feeds. So everyone, thanks for listening. Thanks Sam for joining, and I will. Talk to you live in about two weeks. Thanks a lot, everyone.